it going, Leo fans? Welcome back to another episode of Leo on the Spot. Today, very special guest, one of the newest members of the Leo family, our new head men's and women's health coach, Brad Johnson. Coach, how are you doing today? Yeah, doing well. How are you doing, Anthony? I'm doing great. And Leo fans, you should be real excited about Coach Johnson. Just to give you a quick background on him, coming off a 2019 national championship as the NYU at NYU with the women's team, back-to-back individual runner-ups, several league and conference championships. On the men's side, took the team from 110 to ranked all the way number eight in the country, took him back to the NCAA tournament for a couple years, and I believe combined on the men's and women's squad, seven All-Americans along with a, a bunch of uh, – all conference players, all region players, and some players of the year. So, Leo fans, we should be really excited about the future of, of Leopard Golf now that Coach Johnson is here. So, Coach, uh, welcome to the University of Laverne. Welcome back to Southern California. How's it been adjusting to your new home in this uh, very strange time? Yeah, it's been great. I mean, the chance to get back to Southern California um, has been awesome. The weather is obviously great, and I'm looking forward to being part of Laverne and the chance to develop both the men's and women's team in probably one of the best cities in the world. So coach, uh, just to give people a better understanding where you're from and all that, uh, what do you consider your hometown? My hometown is Colorado Springs, Colorado. That's where um, I was born and raised. And can you just briefly tell us what made you want to make coaching part of your career path? I was on the golf side of it, working at uh, like TPC Scottsdale, Oakmont Country Club, um, you know, the Riviera Country Club and giving golf lessons and helping develop people's games was something that I was definitely interested in. Uh, I was in Japan for a few years and once I returned, I had the opportunity to become the assistant coach at Skidmore College. And just working with student athletes, you know, college age um, kids, that's when I really fell in love with the coaching part. It's something that it was great not only to see them progress in their golf games, but also kind of that first step into getting into the real world and their careers and just following their progress has been something that I've really enjoyed. And being part of that was something that I think was really attracted to and then had that opportunity to become the assistants at New York University, then my head coaching job in Jackson, Mississippi, and then obviously New York University and now Laverne. It's been an awesome, it's been an awesome experience and something I've really enjoyed. And, and coaching is definitely one of my passions and, and something that uh, I'm fortunate enough to be able to do as a career. Awesome, Coach. And we'll get into more detail on that in just a second. Uh, so first, do you have a, a favorite sport to either watch or play outside of golf? Yeah, I'm a huge football fan. I'm a Denver Bronco fan. Uh, growing up in, in Colorado and, and watching John Elway was uh, amazing. Uh, so I, I really like watching football. Um, as far as another sport to play, I played, you know, four years of high school basketball and in college, uh, played on the club level basketball and, and did a really had a really great experience with that. We actually uh, finished second three times to the 
UNC baseball team. We couldn't get past <laughs> them, but it, it's something I really enjoy. I really, really like to play basketball. All right, Coach, well, we got to get you into some, some open gym, get you <laughs> right. rolling again. <laughs> That's right. All right, Coach, so so just uh, look, take take us back. When did you start start uh, pursuing golf, even just as a player? How how'd you get interested in golf uh, when, you were, when you were younger? Yeah, I actually got a job at a golf course close to my house working on the maintenance crew. And um, at the time, uh, my dad would drop me off at work in the mornings and then pick me up after his work ended around six o'clock. So my work time was from six to two. And then afterwards I would play golf. So that's kind of how I got into it. I'd play from two to six every day and my game progressed very rapidly. And I ended up joining the uh, school team and was successful with that. And that's kind of how I got into it. Got it. And so from, from there, did you, uh, decide, okay, this is something I want to pursue uh, once I, once I finish high school and at a collegiate level? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I was obviously, like I'd mentioned before, a multi-sport athlete. I played basketball, I played golf, I played tennis. Um, So, you know, I pursued a lot of different sports. It, It wasn't honestly until probably after I graduated from college that I started taking up golf a lot more seriously. And um, yeah, so I got into the PGM program, um, which is the professional golf management part. I got my PGA, uh, degree and started pursuing the, like I mentioned before, the golf side of it. And then later on got into the coaching part with, with the collegiate level. But I think that's what makes me maybe a better coach is the fact that I do have some experience on different levels as far as helping people become better players. And I think that really ties in well with the college part of it, because I've given lessons to so many different, you know, facets, many different age groups that I've become a a better teacher and learn different drills and different techniques, which is, I think, something that bodes well for every school that that I've been part of. You know, you coach, you mentioned there that, you know, that you grew up playing a, a ton of different sports. Uh, and now that's that's a little more rare. Uh, we see a lot of a lot of athletes turning and specializing much earlier. Uh, do you see any benefits for 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 athletes to continue to to try to play multiple sports so they're they're not wearing out the same muscles at, at such a young age? For sure, one hundred percent. I mean, it's funny when I was at the Riviera, I had a chance to meet Jack Nicholas, one of the greatest players to ever play the game, and I asked him, you know, what he felt about the current junior golf situation. And he said the one thing that he saw that was a little concerning was a lot of these um, junior athletes were focusing on one sport. Whereas, you know, Jack Nicholas, he was the catcher on the high school baseball team. He was the quarterback on the men's football team. Um, he was the center for the men's basketball team and also, also played golf. And he said, that's what he attributed his success to he said he continued to play those sports until he was around 20 years old and then he started focusing on golf but just the fact that you can use different muscles like you'd mentioned that you can develop in different sports you have that team aspect which is so important with the collegiate level in golf that's something that I think makes a really successful collegiate player I mean one of my best players 
um, was at Millsaps College. He was a baseball player and a golfer. And the competitiveness that he had and the ability to go low and, you know, shoot the numbers that he shot winning multiple tournaments, I think at one of the top uh, conferences in the country was attributed to his multi-sports. And that's something that I think really is important for student athletes to consider, you know, as, as far as playing those different, different levels of sports. I mean, and also at our level, at the division three level, in, enjoying the sport has to be a, a big part of it. So uh, I don't know if you found the same way. You sometimes see the athletes have done nothing but one sport since they're five years old. And by the time they get to college, which is what they wanted to be a college athlete, they, they don't enjoy it anymore. And maybe having the, some different some, uh, some other sports that they're playing can help them kind of refresh and, and keep their primary sports still, still something that's enjoyable and feel less like a job to them. Yeah, 100%. I mean, that's, I think, huge. I mean, if you're, you, everyone needs time off, right? You need time off to recharge the batteries. You need time off to pursue other interests. And that's going to make you a better player. You know, working constantly on one thing, like you mentioned, it, it becomes a little bit tiring. And having a different avenue, a different sport to pursue, different interests to look at, you know, that's something that's going to make you, in the end, a better player. So, Coach, so you mentioned, you, you know, you started working at, at all these courses, uh, but then you also threw in there that, that you lived in Japan for a few years. So what, what took you over to Japan? Yeah, something I, I wanted to pursue as far as um, just on more of a personal level. I think uh, the, the opportunity to work and live abroad was something I, I really enjoyed. Um, it, it was, you know, learning a little bit of a new language, a new culture, um, and something I've always wanted to do. So it was a, a great experience and something I'll cherish for the rest of my life. So, so what kind of work were you doing over there? I was teaching actually English just as a second language at uh, uh, Izakaya, which is like a private language school. Um, and then of course on the side, I was doing golf lessons at one of those multi-tiered driving ranges. But it was fun. I loved it and just an unbelievable experience. I actually met my wife over there. Um, so it was, it was great on many, many levels. So, so uh, how, how many years were you there for? Uh, what, what, what part of the country were you in? I was in Tokyo for one year and I was in Hiroshima for two years. So, so after you had three years there, was it a... Uh, decision okay trying to come back to the U.S. or trying to really start pursuing the golf part of your career what, what brought you back yeah I was actually in do, two different occasions so I was in Tokyo from 98 to 99 mm -hmm. and then I went back 10 years later and was in Hiroshima from I guess it would have been maybe 2008 to 2010 so it was, it was two separate occasions mm -hmm. that I was in Japan and and I think I had left a little earlier than I wanted to the first time. So when the opportunity came up to go back a second time, I was, I was more than ready. Got it. <laughs> so uh, you, you spend the time in Japan, you, you spend time coaching at different courses, and then you end up at uh, uh, Skidmore, your first collegiate, uh, collegiate stop as an assistant coach there. So what, yep. was, what was that transition like, you know, going from working with, with people at different clubs. So work, now you're working with, with 18, 19, 20, 21 year olds. What, what, what was that change like? 
Yeah, I think it was the collegiate golfer that brought just a certain energy, just a certain excitement towards the game, the competitiveness. I mean, um, not only that, but they're pursuing, you know, a degree. They're doing their internships. It's just a really exciting time. And then not only that, but you take a student athlete who's a freshman and see their progression to when they become seniors. It's just an amazing difference. You know, they come in as kind of, you know, very young men and women, and I think leave as adults. And that transition is something that it's just fun to be part of. You know, it's it's so neat to, to not only see that transition, but also, you know, staying in contact with them and um, following their careers and just having that communication with them. I know, um, the, the previous athlete I'd mentioned who was a multi-sport athlete is now working for a medical company and he kind of got his dream job and, and reached out to me as soon as he got it. And just being part of that is so special. And, and that's something that I cherish is, is having that, I guess, that kind of, um, you know, uh, having that relationship that's going to carry forward for a long time and, and be part of their life, you know, f for, for all those huge changes and, and following their life journey is, is something that is, uh, is just so special for me. So, so when you got to, to Skidmore, were you going there with the intention of, okay, I'm, I really enjoy coaching. Maybe it's, uh, becoming head coach and making this career something I want to do or was it still well I can do this and then I could still uh, you know work at courses and see where that what that takes me or so so what was your intention when when you when you took your first collegiate job yeah I mean I kind of went into it like I have everything else I just was open to anything you know I actually worked at a course um, outside of Saratoga or I'm sorry was, yeah outside of Saratoga Springs and so I thought more than likely I would pursue the golf side of it, but just fell in love with the coaching part, you know, and that's what led me to New York university and then taking the job at Millsaps college in Jackson, Mississippi. I mean, it was, I, I didn't know I was going to fall in love with it as much as I did, but it was just incredible. It was just something that I knew this is what I want to do. So, so you have your stops at Skidmore and at NYU as an assistant, and then you end up, at Millsaps, Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah. So, so tell us what that experience was like when you when you first got there. You know, what what was the the makeup of the program? What was their situation, and and how much of what you got were you, were you expecting? Yeah, I think I had a lot of challenges when I arrived. Um, you know, the men's team was. I think the base was there. I think we had some really decent players, and and we're able to, I think, really develop them as good golfers. You know, um, we had a lot of raw talent and that was the neat part was just developing them into really great players. And that's where we saw, you know, that transition from them being, you know, above 100 in the ranking to all the way to 23rd nationally. Um, and a lot of that had to do more with player development on the women's side, you know, they had never recruited a full women's team before they'd always hovered around that two to three player. And when I showed up, I think we had two or three women on the team and I was able to recruit um, 
a player out of Colorado, a player out of California, a player out of Spain that could really play. And that's what transformed our program. I remember the AD telling me, you know, really just stick with the, you know, the South, you know, Alabama, Mississippi, um, Louisiana. He said, that's where you're going to get your recruits from. And, and I, I kind of just looked everywhere and it was, it was fantastic. And so we went from unranked to 44th in the country, just with the recruits that we brought in. And we ended up winning the first tournament ever in Millsap's history. And I think that's the only tournament they've ever won. Um, but it was a great experience and something uh, I, I enjoyed. It was very hard work. Uh, I was on the phone constantly and just reaching out to anyone and everyone and, and basically leaving uh, no rock unturned. So one of the things that's, that's difficult about, you know, coaching division three golf or cross country or water polo, these, co these, these coaching positions where you're coaching both the men's and the women's team, it's, it's a lot to, to balance. And I imagine it's even more difficult to balance when, when each of your teams are in very different spots competitively. Like you mentioned, men's spot, kind of, the men's team was kind of on the cusp of, 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 of jumping to the next level. And the women's team was, you know, barely getting off the ground. How do you balance those two different sets of, of expectations for your teams? Yeah, I think that's something that you learn with time. Um, you know, I think the the dynamics of coaching the women's team is much, much different than coaching the men's team. Um, the men's team is, you know, really focused on success. They're really focused on their games. They're really focused on just golf. Where the women's team, you know, the focus is a little bit on relationship building with the other members of their team, just the overall experience, you know, really blending their um, social life with golf and their academics. And it's just a totally different approach when you're coaching the, the men's and the women's team. Um, the one thing that I find the most challenging, honestly, is the recruiting aspect because it's sometimes difficult to change from recruiting men's team to women's team and then when you're really focused on building the women's team you kind of really just focus on the women's side and it's just hard to balance that out that's the hardest part like I mentioned to you before we started the interview I was at a camp last week in Utah with a lot of different schools like Columbia uh, Yale um, Rutgers University of Utah Weber State and that's a neat opportunity because you have a, a you know, pretty divided, you know, half men, half women. So that's a great opportunity for me to focus on, on recruiting both men and women. But that, that's what I've found to be the, the most difficult part of it. So coach, so you, you finish up your time in Millsaps, you have success, you take them to, to the strongest point in, in program history, both on the men's and women's side, and then you head over to NYU. So you go for, from, from the deep South, to, to, you know, our biggest, you know, metropolitan area. What was that shift like for you just, just in general? I mean, you have a history of, of jumping around different places. I know you spent time in Tokyo, you know, even bigger than New York, but that's, that's some big changes that you're making there. What, what is, what are those transitions like? Yeah, that's a good uh, point. I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty easygoing guy. I think if you overthink it, sometimes it could be overwhelming. Um, but I kind of knew what I was getting into with New York University. I knew the culture of the team before coming in. 
uh, just being an assistant there. So I knew what needed to change before arriving. So I kind of hit the ground running at NYU, knowing that the culture of the men's team wasn't the best. Um, they had this perception that they couldn't be good because we didn't have facilities outside our front door, that it was tough to get to practice, that it was tough to get to class, that you're fighting traffic all the time, you're fighting the crowds. Um, so instead of making that a negative, I made it a positive. I told them, listen, we're fighting every step of the way living in New York City. We fight two hours to get to practice. We fight two hours to get back. When we get to practice, you got to really focus on what's going to make us better. And so that's keeping stats on the golf course. That's finding out where our weaknesses are. And it's as simple as just marking down the yardages and how far you end up from the hole and then dialing in those yardages and focusing on those in practice. And then who's going to be more ready for a tournament? Is it the team that just walks out their front door and has it easy and can just tee it up whenever they want? Or is it going to be us who has to fight every step of the way? And mentally, that's how we changed it. We're going to be stronger mentally because of all the obstacles that we have to overcome. And so if you can get the student athlete to believe that, that's where you're going to be successful. So, so you get to NYU and the situation is a little bit reversed than it was at Millsaps. Uh, NYU, you have the women's team as, as the stronger team that you inherit. The men's team, not, not bad, but, but not as strong as the women's team. I believe ranked just outside the, the top 100 when, when you got there. So uh, did, did your experience at Millsaps dealing with one team, you know, uh, at least in the past, being more successful than the others, really help prepare you for, for that NYU spot where you're, you're facing a very similar situation? Yeah, I think the one thing that helped the most, though, was besides the recruiting part was, you know, combining the two teams. So the men and the women working together. And that's something that they build a camaraderie. The women's team is very good. You know, um, the men's team was struggling a little bit, but just getting them to a point where they built that camaraderie together, where the the men played with the women's team and, and vice versa. And, you know, women are tend to be better tee to green. Like they hit fairways, they hit greens, but men tend to be better with short game. And so them practicing together and seeing where they can make improvements was huge. And then that just competitiveness, you know, like the women go to a tournament and they end up winning it and the men finish second and just that kind of needling and, and the chirping that goes on. I think that's a fun part of it, you know? And so I think that competitive, competitive, competitiveness that you bring to the two teams is is instrumental in in them becoming better and listen they went to the president's cup together they volunteered there you know they went to the u.s open together they watched that event i mean it was just a really fun situation for them i know one of them had a party with um watching the masters and they all got together for that and that camaraderie is going to make them better so not only they getting better on the golf course they're having fun you know, um, both programs won the varsity GPA awards. So the, the women's team won it uh, one semester and then the next semester, the men's team won it. And then the next semester after that, the men's team won it again. So even the competitiveness on the, on the academic side was something that I think really was beneficial for both programs. So, so jumping out of order here a little bit. So you're talking about the camaraderie, bring the two teams together. Is that something that, that you hope to, uh, to instill in here at Laverne? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, you know, like our men's team, I think is like you'd mentioned before, 
been fairly good. They've had some success in the past. The women's team, maybe not as much, but I really feel that, you know, with the recruits that we're bringing in this year, it's a good starting point to really build that program. And it's not going to happen overnight, but it's something that I think the women's team can be successful in the classroom. They can have a little bit of success on the golf course. And then you start building that program, bringing in some more recruits. And slowly over time, you're going to see uh, some changes with, with that program and hopefully get to a point where we're competitive on the national level. Guys, so, so jumping back to, to NYU for a second, Coach. So, so you reached the highest of highs that, that all college athletes and all college coaches want to, want to reach. You won a national championship with your women's squad in 2019. What, what was that experience like for you? Amazing. Yeah, amazing. It's something that I'll just hold dear to my heart for a long time it's it's forever I mean it's um just you know the the opportunity to build that program and to get them to believe in themselves and just that whole journey was phenomenal and my experience with you know the women's team and um really just finding you know, that chemistry that you need to, to have to win a national championship. And not only just win the national championship, we broke an NCAA scoring record on the final day. We, we broke a four-day scoring record for the lowest tournament round in NCAA Division Three national champi championship history. I mean, so not only did we do it, but we, we did it in, a, in an incredible fashion. So, Coach, you hit those high, high of highs there at, at NYU, and then you see uh, the position at Laverne open up. So what was, uh, what was it about Laverne that, that attracted you? You know, I mean, I want to win on the national level here. I mean, I think, you know, just the opportunity to be in a climate where it's conducive for golf, it's, it's a chance to improve players you know, and develop them into, into great players over a four-year period is something that I, I love to do. I mean, I think I had that experience at Millsaps just because of the climate and taking the freshman team to 23rd in the nation by the time they were juniors was one of the most satisfying parts. And in New York City, unfortunately, because of the availability of getting to practice and the courses, you don't have that, that chance as much. And, and Laverne is going to be successful. You know, we're going to be knocking on the door of the national championship um, uh, here. And, and so I think this is an opportunity to win multiple national championships and, and being in a part of the country that I love um, New York city. Uh, it was a tough, you know, six years overall. Uh, it's a great city, but it was it was a hard situation for me. I really love the West Coast. I love California, and this is where I really wanted to be. Got it, Coach. And 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 you know, like we mentioned, you're coming into a situation where you know men's teams, you know, uh, traditionally one of the most successful programs in our department, and the women's team just it's it's the newest team. It's only it's been around for for less than ten years, so. They had some a little bit of trouble getting off the ground there, but looking at, at the roster you've had here, it looks like you, you've been able to to bring in a lot of a lot of new faces to fill out both, both teams. Yeah, I think we're bringing six women for next year, and 
that's exciting. I know we, we started kind of mid-March, um, actually reached out to every uh, prospective 2021 uh, recruit in the country, um, every single one. Um, I had a lot of phone conversations. I went to tons of high school events. I went to as many, you know, um, AJGA and hurricane events I could go to. And just talking to people, I was fortunate enough to, to bring in some players for next year that I think are really going to help the program. We've got um, a student a student athlete coming in from, um, you know, uh, Glendora High School. We've got, uh, um, you know, a few more local high schools that are, are coming in. But I think two players really that are going to really make a big difference for us. I, I really think they're going to be the top recruits that we've ever had to come in Laverne on the women's side. Um, so I'm super excited about that. So we'll, we'll, I think, see some, some progress this upcoming year. Um, and then I think by 2022, we'll really see a, a solid team. So coach, you, you kind of touched on it there. One of the interesting dynamics on both the men's and women's teams has been a mix of local players, you know, from Laverne, San Dimas, Lindora, and then a mix of, of international players, you know, especially on the men's side. Is that something uh, you, you look to keep up, uh, you know, keep those international recruiting streams coming in? Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the best parts of being at NYU is the amount of um, connections that I've made internationally is huge. I have some great relationships with a coach in Canada. I have a great relationship with uh, a recruiter from India and Europe. So the one uh, men that the men that we have coming in, uh, one from India and the other one from England. Um, so those were just some contacts that I had internationally. Uh, I think the the player from from England is going to be phenomenal for us. He is a very good player. Uh, he's very competitive and he's wanting to come in and, and make some waves here at Laverne. So I'm excited about that. Do you find that, that you having an experience living abroad helps you relate to some of your international players a little bit when they, you know, they come in, may, they might be adjusting to the culture. Uh, you know, I have some difficult times in, in their transition. Have you gone through that yourself in, in some form? Does that help you relate to them at all? Yeah, I know how scary it can be. I mean, moving to a different country and, picking up and leaving what you're comfortable with is, isn't easy. And, you know, just giving them an amazing experience and making them feel welcomed is so important. And that's honestly, I think what Laverne does best. It's a family. I mean, I felt it just coming in. I mean, just all the coaches reaching out to me, the student athletes reaching out to me. That's what I think, one of the best parts of Laverne is just you have that kind of tight knit, close family feel. And I think that's going to be really good for international students. They just have a built in family when they arrive. Yeah, it's definitely true and that uh, your international students and on all your incoming freshman chancellors were, will definitely pick up on right away that that family community here at Laverne. Uh, so coach, uh, before we head into our, our final little stretch here, uh, you, you're coming into Laverne uh, after the, one of the most tumultuous years that any of our players have experienced or anyone in our staff has experienced. Uh, like I said, you have a, a men's team that's that, and a women's team that are at varying levels. 
we just lost our, our home course and that, that just shut down, you know, a, about a year ago. So not necessarily an, an ideal situation, but given your background, one that seemed that's pretty much tailor-made for you from the experience you've had in the past. So, so what are you most looking forward to being able to finally, you know, get onto campus regularly and being able to start working with your team? Yeah, I'm looking forward to working with the student athletes the most. I mean, that's the best part of my job. Um, the recruiting can be tough. You know, the fundraising can be tough. Uh, you know, finding the courses to practice at is, is easy. Finding the tournaments that are going to be, you know, competitive for the team. I mean, that's that's stuff that just has to be done and stuff that, that you know, are hurdles that, that need to be, you know, that, that we need to, to take on. But um, the best part of my job is working with the student athletes. I mean, that's the part I love the most. It's just the camaraderie. It's building the team, building that culture. That's the best part. That's like the stuff I love the most. It's, it's getting down to the basics and, and helping them not only on the golf course, but pursuing their careers and, and stuff like that. That's what I'm looking forward to. Awesome coach. So uh, we're going to, we're going to shift gears a little bit here. Um, so you've, you've had a lot of success at, 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 at the different stops you've made. Is there a specific habit or quality that you can attribute uh, most of your success to? I mean, honestly, I think it's the fact that I care for the student athletes. I mean, they see it and they know it. You know, you can't fake caring for somebody. You either really care for them and it's genuine or, or you don't. And I, and I care for the student athletes, you know, and I think that's what, what makes my team successful is just they know that I, I'll care, I care for them and I want the best for them. And if, if they can see that and they can feel that, then they're going to put in that extra work and that extra effort. So it, it's not rocket science. You work hard, you care for them, you do everything for them, you work hard for them and they see it and they feel it and they know it. And they're going to go out on the course and they're going to work as hard as they can for you. And on the other side of coach, you, know, you can't coach as long as you have without experiencing some, some failure. Is there a particular failure that, that stands out to you and something significant that you may have learned from that experience? Yeah, I mean, I'll say actually the one thing that I kind of think of initially was uh, Navika Kuchakula, who was actually freshman player of the year. She came in. She had an amazing season. Um, she was runner-up national champion her freshman year. Mm -hmm. and you know she just was uh beat out by a, a player from claremont mud scripts who that year they actually won as the team level national champions um i really wish she could have won that national championship she was right there and then the following year we had a student athlete from india um uh, arsha mahat and she came in uh she just was beat out, I think, by one shot by a player from Williams to win the individual national champion. Uh, we actually won the national championship as a team that year, but I really wanted those players of mine to win that national championship. And so I think back to maybe some things I could have done different or maybe some different practice strategies or something that could have prepared them better for that situation. Um, you know, so you're always questioning, I guess, 
what you could have done different, you know, what drill could have made the difference, you know, working on a certain aspect of their game that could have got them to that national championship level. So that's something that I always think back on and, and, and consider as maybe uh, something that was a challenging situation and there could have been some different opportunities to help them to, to overcome that. You know, I think it says a lot that, you know, you, uh, the two examples you bring up are, are runner-up finishes. So I think that says a lot about the, the standards that we're going to be expecting uh, with our golf teams from now on. And, and you know, hopefully one of our golfers on, on our roster right now will be your first individual national champion. Uh, and I know we have definitely have the talent for, for, for uh, one of our players to reach those heights. Well, Laverne does have that. You know, they do have an individual national championship on the men's side. Mm -hmm. You know, we haven't won it on the team side but I'd love to win it on both, both individual and uh, team. All right, coach. So we're going to change it up here a little bit. So if you had to pick one singer or one, uh, one musical group to listen to for the rest of your life, which, uh, who are you choosing or what band are you choosing? Oh, man. I'm going to really date myself probably on this. You know, I'm a big fan of Phosphorescent. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's a great band. I, I think – they're both good live and their studio albums are, are great. Um, so yeah, I'd definitely probably pick phosphorescent. All right. And it's kind of along the same lines. If you know, you, you have to binge one TV show for the rest of your life. What show are you choosing? <laughs> uh, that's a great question. Um, you know, I'm not much of a TV watcher. Uh, I do have a subscription to Netflix, which I occasionally we'll log into and watch some shows. Uh, I think the, the Ozarks, I believe it's called. I think that's a pretty cool show. All right. And I'm going to steal this from, from our other podcast show and uh, know your Leo's with the, uh, with Billy Ray Lopez. He asked all our athletes at the end of the interview, if they prefer waffles or pancakes. So we're going to, we're going to start asking the coaches that too. So waffles or pancakes, what's your choice? Yeah, well, uh, pancakes are great when you start eating them, but then they get really old really quick. So I'm going to go with waffles. <laughs> you, you know, it's funny. Uh, Billy's asked this question to upwards of 10 students now, and not one person has selected pancakes. It's been waffles the entire way. <laughs> right. so I'm, I'm really excited that you kept that streak going. So sh shout out to Billy. Everyone listen to Know Your Leos once you're done with this episode. Uh, all right, Coach. And uh, – what is something about yourself that you, you want to improve most? Uh, yeah, I probably need to improve my physical fitness. I, I actually rode my bike probably 15 miles a day while living in New York City because that was my only mode of transportation. And now being in Los Angeles, I bought a car. And so I'm driving a lot more than I used to. So I, I'm starting to feel like maybe I need to... <laughs> hit the gym or do something <laughs> well we'll have to team you up with uh our, our track coach kevin reed he he'll, he'll he rides 20 miles a day so he'll be able to help you out with that for sure yeah and i know jenna too i i see she actually rides her bike to work uh every day so something i'll need to incorporate <laughs> for sure all right coach and 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 last thing before we let you go here what are three words you hope people would use to describe you Oh man, you gotta save these. <laughs> like, oh, man. You got the tough questions here. Three words. Uh, energetic, laid back, and confident. All right, I like that, Coach. 
Coach Brad Johnson, you coach University of Laverne, of Laverne Menza women's golf teams. Coach, we're, we're really excited to see what you do this fall and especially what you do this spring. We're happy to have you here. Welcome to Laverne. And as I'm sure you're gonna hear many people tell you as we get to meet you in person is uh, once a Leo, always a Leo and that you'll be a Leo for life. So we're very happy to have you here. We're really excited to see uh, what you do with the Menza Women's Programs. Uh, before we sign off, is there anything you would like to say to the Laverne community? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be fun and I appreciate the time, Anthony. You got it. Everyone, uh, thank you for listening today. We'll be back with another episode of, of Leo's on the Spot and another episode of Know Your Leo's very soon.